SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Warning. The following program contains shocking content that may give you a better or worse than pessimistic hope on anything you like. Viewer and listener discretion is advised. If it makes the Milwaukee Bucks player and fan, you know, sleep at night by saying, all right, but we're, you know, we're losing, but no Drew Holiday. If Drew Holiday is making that big a difference, if you really believe that, you knock yourself out. You go ahead and sleep at night. But this team is in trouble. It's Opposite Picks with Scott Wetzel. Opposite. Welcome to Opposite Picks on Sports Grid Radio right here on Sirius XM Channel 204 and your local radio affiliate all around the country on this Sunday, February 21st. Here's truly Scott Wetzel sitting in for the next two glorious hours, taking your phone calls at 844-843-6879. Again, that's toll-free, 844-843-6879. You want to follow me on Twitter, send a tweet. It is at Opposite Picks. That's O-P-P-O-S-I-T-E. Picks, P-I-C-K-S. Email me. Go to the website, OppositePicks.com. Hit the contact Scott icon and fire away. Emails, tweets, phone calls, little YouTube chat as well. Right here again on a Sunday, February 21st. What's going on, my friends? LLs, loyal listeners. LWs, loyal viewers on uh, on YouTube uh, on this uh, glorious Sunday. Hopefully your day is going well. lot to get to today. Uh, Day-night doubleheader in the NHL, win more in regulation. Uh, What would FanDuel do? Uh, Now, that's how college basketball is supposed to be. Major win for Naomi. KD is out. College football is back. NBA Finals rematch last night. Finals match at the Australian Open on the men's side. Key part of the Mets is out, and uh, the boys in Vegas, they do it again. It is amazing. We'll get to all those stories again. Push your phone calls, emails, and tweets right here. On this Sunday, February 21st. Start with a little NBA action last night, although the hockey game, I think, is just ending up in uh, Lake Tahoe. What a goof that was yesterday. Rematch NBA Finals last night as Miami beat the Lakers 96-94. LeBron held to 19 points. You know, this is one of those situations in which you always, 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 always play the loser of a championship round when they meet up against the team that beat them the next year. I don't I don't have the official stats in front of me. Just covering this stuff for for you know 30 plus years. I just know way more times than not the team that loses in those finals, whether it's the World Series, whether it's the Super Bowl, whether it's Stanley Cup or in this case the NBA Finals, whenever they face that team that they lost to the next time around, especially the first time, you play the underdog they have all the incentive in the world. You know, in the case of the Lakers, you know, they're not that pumped up for this game. No big deal. And, you know, they want to win. Don't get me wrong. But there, there is an extra chip on the shoulder, in this case, of the Miami Heat after losing in the finals last year. Absolutely. And I'm telling you, over the course of time, that team that lost wins way more. And they did it again last night as Miami knocked off the Lakers, handing the Lakers their second straight loss. L.A. down by as many as 15 in the second half. They made a run. You figured they would. Had a chance to win it after LeBron uh, forced the jump ball. Alex Caruso, or at least send the game to overtime anyway. Uh, but Alex Caruso jumper fails at the buzzer. So Miami walks away with a 96-94 win. And I tell you, the Lakers, 
You know, without AD, it, it is no excuse. You know, and we heard LeBron afterwards saying it's on him and he's got to pick up the slack and he's got to carry the team and blah, 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 blah. You know, basically asking for sympathy. That's LeBron James on a uh, Sunday morning. Scott Wetzel sitting and taking you right up until 10 a.m. Eastern time. Monday through Friday, it's uh, 5 to 7. Uh, Sundays, though, it's uh, 8 to 10. So um, the, the typical LeBron, right, you know, basically begging for, for sympathy. You know, AD's not here, so, you know, it's up to me, blah, 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 blah. Well, you can go up and down the NBA and find teams that don't have star players. I mean, whether it's the Nets, who sit at 19 and 12. I mean, they played seven games um, with their main three guys. You know, seven out of 31. Now, albeit James Harden wasn't there in the beginning, but still... Kevin Durant, Kyrie, Harden, they played seven times, and they're sitting in second place in the Eastern Conference. Portland uh, Trailblazers, right? They're playing without uh, C.J. McCollum and Nurkic for basically the entire year. There they sit at 18-11, fifth place in the Western Conference. I mean, just just up and down the roster, every 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 NBA team has had somebody that they just have this year, whether it's Corona, the Clippers. I mean, they're decimated with injuries and Corona stuff, right? They sit there at 22-9. and nine. So cry me a river, LeBron, please. Don't tell me about how difficult it's been for you and this and that. You know, the Golden Nuggets, uh, you know, uh, or Golden State Warriors, rather, Golden Nuggets. Golden State Warriors, um, you know, losing uh, Clay at the beginning of the year. There they sit still at 16-15. and 15. All things considered, not that bad, believe it or not. So... Everybody deals with this stuff. So it's crying me a river, LeBron, about how you don't have AD for a couple of games, for goodness sakes. And I'm telling you, now Jazz lost their, their game the other night against the, the Clippers Friday night. I get that. But uh, they will play the Lakers later this week. Uh, Jazz still maintain a three-game lead in the loss column in the Western Conference. They win that thing, and eventually people are going to start looking at uh, Donovan Mitchell as the MVP. But uh, good job by the uh, by the Heat last night. They really struggled this year. No, oh, by the way, you know, you're, you're facing a team that was 12 and 17, LeBron. You know, you want to cry about not having AD, okay, but uh, you're not talking about, you know, facing the greatest team in the world. They were 12 and 17. Washington surprised me. I know that's who cares, Washington, Portland, but that was, you know, that was the line. You asked 10 NBA players, give me the line that doesn't make any sense. And I think nine of them would have pointed to Portland only being a three and a half point home favorite over Washington. That was bizarre. You know, Portland's playing great. Washington, you know, a couple of wins, but they're still the Wizards. And lo and behold, Washington beats Portland 118-111. Wow, that, that is very... How do they know? How do they know? I don't know. That core comes up. Opposite SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Uh, they are. They are doing their part. They're, their part. They're doing their part and more. Um, and every time we're on the floor, we're all trying to protect each other and uh, bring each other up you know, out on the floor every single night. You know, it doesn't matter if you're making shots or not. You know, we are going to hold each other accountable. Um, and everybody's just picking up an 80s absence. And obviously it hasn't been, um, you know, in, in wins the last two games. But, you know, we're going to keep on working our habits uh, and continue to be great for one another.
Uh, LeBron James after uh, last night's loss, 96-94. Now, listen, uh, the woe is me, uh, LeBron, for sure. But it is not the end of the world, I will say, 22-9. and And quite frankly, as we've stated during the week, it doesn't matter. It, it really doesn't. Um, I almost applaud him that he's taking the regular season seriously. But I don't think fans are going to be allowed to stand. That many fans anyway. You know, maybe by uh, by June for an NBA Finals or Western Conference Finals, you might be allowed 15, 20, 25%. But if you think even in, by June that, uh, you know, you're going to have to play an NBA Western Conference Finals in Utah four times with home fans with, with uh, you know, 20,000 people yelling, I, I doubt it. I really do. I, I'd be surprised. So does it really – and even if that was the case, honestly, would it really matter for the Lakers? No. This is more a LeBron – uh, he's trying to perch himself up. Listen, he's not an idiot. You know, he's a bit of a bozo, but he's not an idiot. He knows everything he says has meaning and and can be dissected left, right, and everything else, right? So when he says, "Well, you know, we don't have AD. It's up to me." You know, he's putting this big mountain in front of him, and if he's able to overcome it, then he's going to be able to say, "Wow, look at me! I was able to do it for the Lakers." You know, and then he's going to increase his chances for the MVP award. That's what this is all about. Uh, this is about LeBron just putting up his resume and saying, yep, we were able to do it without AD. And I don't think AD's coming back. You, you can hold your breath for a, for four weeks, but I don't think so. I, I think they're, And I think it would be dumb for them to bring him back anytime that they really have to. I, I'd wait until the postseason began. I really would. Or at least one or two weeks maybe before the regular season ended. Give him a couple of weeks to get back into game shape. But when you're screwing around with the, with the Achilles, I, I would not at all risk that. So th- this is just LeBron, you know, perching himself up and, and trying to increase his uh, his MVP award. Which, by the way, he is the overwhelming favorite, which I still don't get. And I'm telling you, eventually the nut's going to turn, and eventually people are going to realize what the Utah Jazz are doing. And they play the Lakers this week. That'll be a great matchup. Hopefully uh, Utah's going to be completely healthy. Conley came back Friday night. Now they did lose to the Clips. I get that. But they still have a three-game lead in the West. And I, I just don't know how when, when the end of the season comes – and Utah has the best record in the Western Conference, if that's going to be the case, that they can give the MVP to LeBron. You know, but that's what LeBron is doing now. He's he's planting the seed. You know, all right, Jazz had everyone. We didn't. We didn't have AD, and I got him into a second or third place finish. And uh, you know, please reward me. Uh, that's pathetic. It, it really is. Um, don't know if you saw this. I mean, we'll get back to the NBA, college basketball, and everything else. But <clears throat> you know, I just saw the highlight, the end of the Joker match last night. And he won. I'll tell you what, you're getting a gift from the boys at FanDuel in Vegas. Now, I know Medvedev is, has done pretty well against uh, Novak. The 3-3, three and three, I think I heard their last six matches. I, I get that. But this is an Australian Open final. And Novak was pick'em against Medvedev heading into this championship match last night, slash this morning, really. Pick'em. I mean, you're talking about one of the greatest players, if not the greatest tennis player of all time, still in his prime, maybe not at the peak of his game, but still clearly, you know, one, two, at, at, at worst three, but really one, two, really. And you're getting him at Pickham against Daniel Medvedev in a final? Wow. That was that was easy pickings. Hindsight 2020, I get it. So he wins in straight sets in case you missed him. 5-2-2. Two, 7-5-6-2-6-2. Two. Two, six, two. I mean, it was a I didn't even think it would be that easy. I mean, that that's pathetic, right? I mean, you could and as we pointed out in the morning show, you know, when he slipped in the third round and tore a muscle supposedly, 
He was up to five to one. Think about that. Novak Djokovic was five to one to win the Australian Open. You, you've never seen that over the last 15 years. So he wins it in straight sets. He was still only minus 175 after he got to the semifinals. And then he ended up being, you know, pick him uh, once uh, Medvedev got to the finals. So, well, you talk about getting a gift for the boys in Vegas. That was it. But take out the end of the match. Now, maybe, I, I don't know, maybe it's frustration. Maybe I didn't see it right. Maybe, I, I don't know what. But Djokovic, you know, hits a crazy overhead backhanded slam to win the match, right? I mean, he, he's looking to the left and he hits it right and it just, you know, one of those volleys. It was just crazy, crazy shot. Medvedev, the loser, looks into the crowd and gives a fist pump. And like, like a fist pump like you won. You know, if you're all excited, you, you kind of clench your fist and you go, yeah, you know. He gave one of those after he lost the match. Now, I'm going to see it again. I did not stay up until 3 o'clock in the morning to watch this thing. And so I'm just watching a highlight of it. Maybe maybe I missaw it. I, I mean, I don't think so. But I want to take out, you know, Google, YouTube, whatever. Go to your favorite highlight reel. I'm going to, you know, it's going to come around again here in a little while, I'm sure. So I, I want very, I've never seen a guy lose a championship and then give like a fist pump like he won. Do I need to bring up all the scandals in tennis? I'm not suggesting it, just throwing it out there. I mean, I don't think anyone would ever fix a finals match, but I, I've never seen, I've seen guys throw rackets down as he did earlier in the match. So maybe it was just a frustrating, just. You know what? I, I can't. I can't win seven five. But you still wouldn't do like a fist pump, like you were excited. I. I don't. Very weird. Very weird. We'll say. So, uh, Novak gets his 18th career final. He's uh, sitting two behind Federer and Nadal. I don't think Federer. You know, as much as I root for him, I don't think he's got another one. Uh, Nadal might, especially with the French Open coming. So it, it might be a little while before Joker can catch those guys. But I, I would say. You know, in the pecking order of who do I feel comfortable betting on, outside of the French, I mean, if you want to include the French, it would, I would say Nadal. You can still get Nadal even money or plus odds for him to win the French Open. No one's beating him at the French, you know, unless and, and he's six feet under. You know, he's the Tom Brady. You know, Rafi Nadal at the French Open is like Tom Brady in the NFL. You know, it, you don't know when he's going to retire. You don't know when he's going to play. He's going to come down. But you, you just know you're not beating him. You're, you're just not. So that's as sure a bet as you can make across the board Monday through Friday. Seven days a, a week and, and 12 months out of the year. Rafi Nadal and the French Open. Like, there ought to be a list. We got to come up with a list of absolutes, right? I mean, at the top of my head, Rafi Nadal at the French Open. You got the, the clown at the uh, at the um, hot dog, Nathan's hot dog eating contest. What's his face? Uh, I, I would lay 10 to 1 with him. In fact, I think I did last year lay 10 to 1 with him. Um those two are probably the top two off, off the top of my head. Not Le, not LeBron, not not Brady, not not the Dodgers, uh, not Tampa Bay in hockey. Um, you know, with Serena falling, not not Serena at the uh, you know for women's tennis. It's got to be 
Yeah, it's got to be the you know uh, Nathan's hot dog eating contest, uh, Joey uh, Joey Chestnut, and Rafi Nadal at the French Open. Th- those are probably the two absolute locks that we have in the sports world. As crazy as that sounds, so it may be a little while before Joker catches if he catches uh, Federer and Nadal, but he's the greatest tennis player I've ever seen. I always thought it was Pete Sampras. I always thought I would say that. Then Federer came along, and then we were okay. We're going to switch over to Federer. And now the the Joker has come along, and he he's just phenomenal. He's just uh, he's going strong. So uh, I can't say it's Nadal because most of his come with the French, and I, I just don't count playing on the clay as tennis. That that's just, you know it's like playing on ice. It's too good for me, so. All right, coming up on uh, 22 past the hour, a lot to get to on this Sunday morning. We'll check out the more NBA and some college basketball. College basketball is back officially. We're coming up opposite. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. With a win, trying to keep Florida State at bay for top spot of the ACC standings. Duke looking for a signature win over a quality opponent, and they've got the lead after the bucket by Brakefield. He's a lefty and gets right around Huff. Huff thought he was going to hand it off and wound up, wind, uh, wound up fouling him as Brakefield used the rim to try to protect it from the blocked shot. Oh, yeah, Jay Billis was thrilled. Uh, you, you could hear the excitement in his voice as the Dookie Pukies uh, on ESPN TV come back. Not really come back, but uh, beat Virginia. Anyway, it was a nip and tuck game. It basically won two three-point game, uh, you know, the entire way. And Duke prevails. How about that? So, you know, college basketball, you know, really is, is back. Maybe for the first time. I won't even say back because it's been disastrous from the outset. But... Think about who won yesterday. This is what college basketball normally is. I, I won't go so far as to say it's supposed to be, but normally is, right? Uh, number one, C. Gonzaga blows out San Diego, 106-69. 19th straight double-digit win for the Zag. There's the machine. Duke struggling basically all year, beats Virginia 66-65. Uh, Syracuse really struggling all year. has kind of turned things around here a little bit. I think they've now won five of their last six. Down by as many as 20. I tell you, I'm shocked with this score. I really am because I saw them down about 15 or so. They were down as many as 20. You know, flipped around, you know, watching different things and, and then go back and I see all of a sudden Syracuse is up four or five and they win the game, uh, you know, down 22nd. Have the outscored Notre Dame 40 to 12 to finish the game. Wow. I mean, you talk about turnaround. So Gonzaga wins like they're supposed to. Duke wins like they're supposed to. Syracuse struggling all year, wins like they're supposed to. Kentucky blows out Tennessee on the road, no less. North Carolina crushes Louisville. Michigan State, supposed to be good this year, you know, beats Indiana on the road. Um, you know, it, it was it, that's what college basketball is supposed to be. You know, it, it's not, you know, uh, what it's been all year. Duke has struggled, Syracuse has struggled, uh, North Carolina has struggled. Uh, excuse me, uh, Kentucky has struggled. North Carolina struggled at the beginning, but they've actually turned things around over the last month or so. Uh, but still, Michigan State's been god-awful this year. But for one Saturday, college basketball was normal. And I'm telling you right now, 
And I've told you this before, and I've said this all season long, the Dookie Pukies are getting into the NCAA tournament. Now, Kentucky isn't unless they win the SEC championship. Michigan State isn't unless they win the Big Ten championship. Syracuse, eh, you know, I got a feeling they're going to put Syracuse in there. But you watch. They're going to put Duke in. And Duke does not deserve Out of all the teams, they're the one. Even, even Syracuse is at least 13-6. and six. Duke is 10-8, and 8-6 eight, eight and six in the ACC. I hear them already. I, I wish FanDuel, I've asked FanDuel, you know, just over the air. I hope they put odds at the end, like the final week of the regular season, of which teams get into the NCAA tournament or don't. I think that would be a great bet. I think a lot of people would enjoy that. I really do. Uh, you know, maybe you can even parlay some teams. But if they post odds like that, I'm telling you, they're going to put Duke in. They're 10-8, and eight, which is lousy. 8-6 and six in the ACC, which on the surface isn't that bad, Scott. No, it's not on the surface. But if you look and see who Duke has actually won, this win over Virginia, albeit a very good win, is really their only true, true quality win. They did beat Syracuse, but did they beat Florida State? No. Did they beat Virginia Tech, the number three team in the conference? No. Did they beat North Carolina, the number four team in the conference? No. Did they beat Louisville, the number five team in the conference? No. So you got to go down to uh, the sixth team in the conference in Clemson to find really a good win. Other than that, all their ACC wins, to give you that 8-6 and six record, Boston College, Wake Forest, Georgia Tech, NC State, Wake again, Notre Dame. The, these teams, they, they feasted on all the bad teams and then lost to all the good teams. It's as simple as that. Again, the exception being this Virginia game. And then maybe Clemson, a bubble team. Other than that, uh, they've been fortunate, however the case may be, no fault of their own, but uh, they didn't have to play Florida State the one time, the one team they were supposed to play that was really good and some other cancellations. They got Louisville coming up. They got North Carolina later on coming up. And they got Syracuse coming up. So they can make some hay. They can silence me by winning, you know, three of these next four games or all four of these games. And I can see it already. They're going to get in. You wait and see. They will get it. They will find a way to put Duke in. And if you look at non-conference-wise, Michigan State lost. Illinois lost. I mean, their their best non-conference wins, their only non-conference wins for that matter, matter uh, against uh, Coppin State, Bellarmine, and uh, that's it. <laughs> I mean, it's it's there's nothing there. But I'm telling you, they're going to give Duke the benefit of the doubt. No two ways about it. If they're 10 and 8 now and they play Syracuse, Louisville at home next up, and then Georgia Tech and North Carolina on the road, if they can go 2 and 2, if they could get a split out of Syracuse, Louisville, and even beat Georgia Tech but not North Carolina, even if they got a split that way, then they get in. Because then they're going to say, well, we beat Virginia, we beat Clemson, and then we beat uh, either Louisville or Syracuse. They got In their eyes, they're going to say they have three quality wins and certain teams don't have that, and we're playing in the mighty ACC. And Oh, I, I can hear the rhetoric already. Absol- I'm, I'm telling you, if FanDuel has those uh, odds, if they, if they post, you know, will a team make the NCAA tournament or not, you know, you'll probably get decent odds. Not a lot. You know, maybe two to one, two and a half to one. But... Um, yeah, oh, they're gonna get in. Uh, you, you, people are gonna be calling for it. The the four letter network's gonna be throwing Duke down our throats. Yeah, they're definitely getting in. Not a good day for a couple of bubble teams though. Yesterday, 
Um, college basketball, a little, little crazy. Illinois not only wins at Minnesota, they, they beat the crap out of Minnesota. Wow. Um, that then uh, they've now lost three in a row and six of eight, so they're going in the wrong direction. Um, you know, Georgia Tech did get a halfway decent win over Miami. Worst home loss for Miami since uh, 2014. Biggest Yellow Jackets victory on the road in an ACC game ever, ever. 87-60. Boy, you know, Georgia Tech's had some halfway decent, uh, you know, teams over the year. The Kenny Anderson teams and everything. They, they never won a, an ACC game by more than 27 on the road. That's uh, that's that's kind of interesting. So, um, but, you know, there were a couple of other, uh, you know, bubble teams. It's going gonna, you know, to be interesting this year. I mean, it always is. But with the special of these games, you know, like Duke, you know, they played 18 games. They're going to play 22 games unless they make up some games heading into the ACC tournament. Other teams are going to play 30. You know, uh, I was working with Dane on, uh, you know, in-game live Friday night. He, you know, asked, you know, what do you, how do you think the, the pollsters are going to be able to handle, you know, a team playing 30 versus a team playing 20? And, you know, it's a good question. It, it's, you know, Kansas has played 24 games right now, you know. Um, you know, some of these teams, Duke's played 18. Other other teams on the bubble have played, you know, 18, 19, 20. Is, is that enough of a sample size? You know, Syracuse has played 19 at 13 and 6. Clemson's 13 and 5, 18 games. Louisville, 11 and 5, 16 games. You know, they're going to play about 20 games when everything is said and done. Is that going to be enough to get them in over, uh, you know, a team that's going to be playing 25 to 30 games? It's going to be real interesting. It is such a wacky year. You know, I, I would have added, you know, they got 68 teams this year. I would have put in 20 more. I, I know that's difficult living in a bubble like they're going to be doing for the NCAA tournament. Maybe not 20 more realistically, but you know what? I would have found a way to, to get another round of games in there. I, I, I would have put in around 70, 75. You know, j- just go ahead and do it. What, what's the difference? Um, we don't need controversy. We don't need debate this year. Uh, we got enough on our plates already with things going on in our society. We don't need to be debating on whether, you know, uh, Oklahoma State or, uh, you know, Syracuse gets into the NCAA tournament. Put put them both in. What What's the difference, right? I mean, who – really, who cares? You know, uh, they're both borderline teams. You can't play non-conference games. The limited non-conference schedule this year was, was crazy. So no preseason tournament games for the most part like they normally play. So put put everybody in. I, I would have been a big – go ahead. You want to put 80 teams in? I'd, I'd have no problem with that. I really would. Uh, and put them all in. What's the difference? Um, tough one because I know Villanova was the, was the hot uh, play yesterday, uh, laying six or seven over UConn, and they won by eight. Uh, you know, there, I know there were a lot of people on UConn yesterday, and they were only down two at the half. Uh, they were down just a couple of points midway through the, the second half, and then Villanova kind of stretched it out and – Ultimately, UConn missed a three-pointer at the buzzer that would have covered the spread, but they didn't. How about the craziness? Did you see the West Virginia-Texas game? Now, Texas is laying two, so they were leading by 10 at the half, uh, double-digit second half, right? And then an altercation starts between Texas and uh, Texas. Yeah. Uh, West Virginia is down by as many as 19 in the second half, right? Texas is cruising. And then all of a sudden, out of the blue, Texas teammates Andrew Jones and Courtney Ramsey had to be separated on the court. And when I'm telling you they had to be separated, if you didn't see it, they had to be separated. 
I mean, this Ramsey dude, he was weak. They, they both. I won't pinpoint it on one person. They will, They wanted to, you know, really beat the crap out of each other. I mean, the Ramsey guy, he had to be held back by about four different guys. I don't know what was said or done, but this is, again, not between Texas and West Virginia. This is between two Texas guys. From that point on, West Virginia ran off a 34-18 run to close the game, and uh, West Virginia ends up winning it. Wow. Uh, after having to have two teammates, you know, held back, restrained from going after each other. Again, you know, you're up uh, double digits. You're up 19. I don't know what could have been said, but that you talk about an ugly scene that was in Texas for sure. Not good look for Shock Sport. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Watch this. Andrew Jones gives him the Heisman, and then they are going to get after it. And I'm talking about holding each other back and... And, it, you know, it's interesting. I've been in a lot of these huddles, John, and sometimes it's just two competitive guys, junkyard dogging it, and Courtney Ramey apparently was upset with the lack of effort by Jones. That's Brad Priscilla there on uh, ABC. I don't know what it was. You know, I'm looking at the story on AP. And somehow or another, they didn't even mention it. I mean, you have two guys on the same team that want to kill each other. I mean, and they don't even mention it. I mean, who, what bozo is doing this stupid story for for AP? Holy crow, you don't even bring it up? I mean, I mean, <laughs> the whole bench got involved, for goodness sakes, at halftime on a nationally televised game. And you're not even going to, you know, bring up the fact. And the team is leading by double digits, for goodness sakes. You know, that that's the crazy thing. I I mean, wow. All right. You don't want to bring in an article? I, you want to be a kiss-ass, I guess? I, I don't know. But uh, so West Virginia uses that, and they rip off a nice little run. They outscore, uh, you know, Texas uh, 41-29 when everything was said and done in the second half. And uh, that was your ball game as uh, West Virginia gets a nice road win. I tell you, everyone wants to talk about the Big Ten being the best conference in the land. I'll, I'll take my chances with the with the Big Twelve. I think uh, you know when everything is said and done, um, they're going to get what seven, eight teams into the uh, NCAA tournament. You're going to get Baylor. You're going to get Oklahoma. You're going to get Kansas now after you know slow start to the season. They're seventeen and seven. They're in. You're going to get West Virginia. You're still going to get Texas. That's five. You're going to get uh, Texas Tech. That's six. You're probably going to get Oklahoma State, 14 and six. That's seven, seven teams. Uh, it's pretty much a line in the sand. Uh, you know, you're not going to get TCU or Kansas State or, or Iowa State. But um, everyone that has any kind of breath in the Big 12, uh, you're going to get into the NCAA tournament. And, and some of those things, I think there are more teams in the Big 12 that could win it all than in the Big 10. Um I don't think anyone outside of Illinois and Michigan can win it all in the Big Ten. Uh, I would not be surprised with Baylor, obviously. Wouldn't be surprised with Kansas, believe it or not. Wouldn't be surprised with Oklahoma. Uh, this West Virginia team, this is a huge, huge win for them. I think the thing that's going to help them is that, the, you know, they're lousy on the road, but without fans really being in the stands or 10%, that that might help their cause a little bit. 
Um, you know, I think that team is capable. I, I like even Texas Tech is always capable of, uh, you know, with their defense winning uh, on a big-time level. So I, I think you get three or four teams, if not five, that could actually do it, believe it or not, in, in college basketball. Hockey yesterday, uh, I, I don't know. Listen, God bless them for trying. And it's one of the rare, 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 rare things that the NHL has over all the other sports. You know, football has just the dynamic of once a week. People love that, the gambling, the fantasy, the whole kit and caboodle. Uh, on the opposite end of the spectrum, baseball has the purity of 162 games every day, uh, consistency, knowing it's there. NBA has the superstars more than these other sports. All right, how many real, real superstars do you have in baseball? Really not that many. You really don't. How many real superstars do you have in, in football outside of a few quarterbacks? Really not not that many. Um, so the NBA clearly has the superstars, right? When you have Luka Doncic and, and the Damian Lillard uh, bitching about who's going to be in the All-Star game, you know you're a star-studded uh, team and, and field and, and league. NHL, they don't, they don't have anything. They really, uh, you know, what do they have, right? What they do have... One little novelty is these outdoor games. That's the one thing that if even if you're not an NHL fan, you can appreciate. Except for yesterday. When, I mean, I don't know how they don't consider these things, but as uh, I brought up uh, on uh, In Game Live Friday Night with Dane, you know, this is going to be in the middle of the afternoon. Now, I know Lake Tahoe, uh, Lake Tahoe has had Winter Olympics. I get that. It is cold there. I get that. But it is a little bizarre. This is, you know, Lake Tahoe is in, uh, you know, basically at the border of California and, and Nevada. I generally don't think of snow and cold weather, you know, in California or Nevada. But I get it. We've had it there before. But th- th- there's got to be a concern there, right? And I said the concern is, you know, it's going to be in the middle of the afternoon. I don't know, you know, unless it's freezing, that ice is going to melt. That's going to be an issue. You know, that, that that's, a, you know, a concern. Well, lo and behold, you know, they, they had this game uh, and they play the first period yesterday afternoon, Colorado and Vegas, and what happens? The sun comes out and the ice melts. And they can't keep it frozen. And they try and they try. And they try. And eventually, Gary Bettman in his jeans, real classy there, Gary, um, says that's it. We tried. We failed. We're going to have to postpone this thing until later on tonight uh, because half the guys want to play, the other half don't want to play, and God forbid something crazy should happen. You know, I know it's very easy, and, and I fall into the trap of saying, well, listen, you know, it's same conditions for both teams. So, you know, if it's snow and football, you don't say we're not going to play because of snow. You, you say, well, it's the same conditions for both teams. If it's rain, right, same thing. You don't postpone the game. Same conditions for both teams. But in hockey – you know, when you were talking about skating and slush and, and uh, you know, water and, and you know, uh, the ice not being smooth, and it, it, it's, you know, you can't do that, I guess. So uh, they postpone it until last night. Uh, they resume at midnight Eastern time, uh, 9 o'clock local time. And they get, eventually the game win, Colorado wins 3-2 to two over Las Vegas. But it's just funny. Now, fortunately, I guess, in hindsight being great here, there were no fans there. Fans weren't allowed to attend. So it's not like they had 15, 20, 30,000 people there. And I don't know what they would have done if fans were actually there. Um, I guess told them all to come back. Well, you know, what, what, what can we do? I don't know if fans, if fans would have been pissed off. I don't know. Um, 
you know, really what they would have done. Uh, but I guess they would have just said you're going to have to come back, you know, later on tonight, which is what they did. They finished it. Colorado wins three to two. But, you know, what's interesting with it is that they created a rule just for this game. And maybe they have them for other outdoor games. But Bettman said yesterday that had the game gone two periods, it would have been a final. That they would not have played a third period. And that would have been it. If the game was tied after two periods, they would have had a shootout to finish the winner. And unless conditions were horrible, they would have done it right after the second period. Otherwise, they would have done it later on in the year. So my question would have been, now they end up playing three periods, but I, I wonder what FanDuel would have done, and I wonder what some of these sites would have done. I'm sure there are rules in the back. Uh, if you scroll through you know, rules and regulations, they would probably tell you what their rules are for an official game. I don't know if the NHL's official rules for the game would constitute an official game if you're betting on it, or would there be a stipulation saying, no, the game's got to have at least uh, 55 minutes? Um, I don't know. You know, when I get time, one of these breaks, I'll look through there. But they would have called it after two periods had the conditions gotten bad after the second period versus the first period. And then I don't know. Like I'll have to check and see what, uh, what what FanDuel would have done with that. I know if I had, you know, the losing team, you know, I'd be pretty upset. You know, listen, I, I'm, I'm betting on something that's going three periods and this one's only going two. And I could see them coming back and saying, "We, but you're betting on them winning the game. And did they win the game? No, they did not win the game. They, ultimately, they lost the game, whether it's by regular rules or NHL outdoor game rules. But that is kind of weird. But I didn't realize that until he said that yesterday, that – uh, as long as they would have played two periods, it would have been an official game. And had the game gotten to overtime, or it would have been tied after two, they would have had a shootout. Both teams get at least one point. Winning team, like a shootout, regular rules. They would have gotten that extra point from that standpoint. So today, <clears throat> instead of the uh, Bruins and Flyers being played in the afternoon, it's going to be pushed off until uh, 7.30 uh, East Coast time. And then uh, 4.30 local time. So uh, I I don't I guess four thirty is better than two thirty sunwise. I I don't know what they would do. You know I'm surprised. I, I would have gone five thirty myself just to really make sure. But I can't help NBC, which is doing the game. I think they're doing the game or NSNBC. Um, uh, I'm, I'm I imagine they said let's start at seven thirty versus eight thirty local time if we, if we can. It's Flyers and Bruins, two teams on the East Coast. It's a Sunday night. It's 8.30, although that's when the NFL games would start, right? 8.30, so I don't know why they'd be that adverse to having a hockey game start at 8.30, you know, when you really think about it. But so local time tonight, 5.30 or 4.30, then uh, 7.30 Eastern time. Hopefully they'll get the game in. But definitely a little weird last night. I mean, they're, they're sitting there, you know, and NBC, they were stuck with about an hour's worth of programming before the NHL finally said, that's it, we can't play, right? They're throwing every feature in the world at you. You know, I, I didn't see any kind of bets on whether the game was going to resume or not. I don't, I don't know if FanDuel ever put anything goofy like that up there, but uh, that's the hazard of playing these outdoor games. I like them. They're cute, but, you know, you're dealing with Mother Nature. You just, to me, you should have played the game. You know, you should tell these teams and players, listen, we're either going to do this uh, or we're not going to do it. But we, we can't be worrying about whether the sun comes out, for goodness sakes. I, I mean, the sun is going to come out somewhere along the line. You know, ice is going to melt a little bit. We've got to find a facility. We You know, we can't go where it's not going to be cold. I mean, they, they thought it was going to be cold, but it just 
it does seem kind of weird, doesn't it, that uh, that they couldn't play a game because the sun was shining outside. Man, oh, man. All right, let's take a look at some of our props. We'll start with the uh, with the NHL. Why not? You know, we've been following, if you've been following us Monday through Friday, uh, we've been giving out the uh, over-unders on uh, shots on goal props. We, we tested out a system of the best players against the worst defensive teams, in essence, teams that give up the most shots. When those teams are in action, then we take the opposition's best players and we play over shots on goal. Not goals. I don't care about that, but just shots on goal. And I thought that you'd have a pretty good betting angle there that the shots for those star players would be over, right? It's amazing, FanDuel and the boys in Vegas. Boy, I tell you what, they don't miss a beat. I I don't know how they do it, but uh, yesterday the Buffalo, uh, both New Jersey and Buffalo are in our category of worst defensive teams. We played both team star players, or at least if not star players, but players that get the most shots on goal. That ended up 2-3-1. and one. Uh, Miles Wood under for New Jersey. Subban, uh, a push. Eichel went under. Dolan went over. Olofsson went under. Taylor Hall went over. So 2-3-1. and one. Rangers in Washington. That ended up uh, being 1-1 one and one on the Rangers as the Washington Caps are one of the worst defensive teams as far as shots and goal are concerned. So is Columbus, believe it or not. So we played the Nashville guys 1-0-2. Uh, uh, we pushed on Forsberg and Yossi. We hit on Arbison, who had five shots on goal. So not too bad there. L.A. and Arizona, both those teams fit into the category. So we played both of those star players, uh, team star players. And we went uh, overall 2-4-1 and one with Carter going over. Um, I don't know. How do you play a whole hockey game and not get a shot on goal, as Kempe and Kopitar did for the Kings? I mean, the whole game, you get basically 20-plus uh, minutes of ice time, and you can't get one lousy shot on goal. That's embarrassing. So, for Arizona, uh, Garland had three. He went over. Uh, Shikrin had two. He went under. Keller had two. He ended up being a push. So, there you go, two, four, and one. And then the last one, uh, St. Louis and San Jose. St. Louis, one of the worst defensive teams, believe it or not. Uh, went two, one, and one. So, for the day... Uh, we ended up uh, basically a push. Eight, nine, and four ties. I'll give you the weekly totals. Uh, would you be surprised? You're not going to be surprised when I tell you the weekly. Yeah, maybe you will. I'll give you the weekly totals on that prop idea. So much for that. That's next right here. Opposite Picks and Series XM Channel 204 Sports Grid Radio. Kind of Sunday morning. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. You're just not trying. Keep it right here. This is the SportsGrid Radio Network. Let's check out uh, what happened this week with our prop theory. Now, last week, Scott Wetzel sitting in, taking you right up until 10 a.m. Eastern time, as we always do every Sunday, Monday through Friday, 5 to 7 a.m. Eastern time. Last week, our, our, our system went over 18, 13, and 2, which is what I thought would be the case. This week, though, uh, not so good. I uh, went four, six, and three on Monday. We went three and three Tuesday, eight and eight Wednesday, ten and thirteen Thursday, four, seven and one Friday, 
And then 8, 9, and 4 on Saturday, bringing our overall weekly total 37 up, 48 down with six pushes. So we're going to have to tinker with our theory here. And maybe instead of playing four guys like we did with Buffalo and uh, the L.A. Kings, we played four guys, and we played four with San Jose, four with uh, Calgary. Uh, maybe we're going to have to tweak that a little bit. Oh, I, I actually forgot to give you the Calgary-Edmonton numbers in which we went three and one. So actually, we're a little bit better. We went uh, seven and eight yesterday. Seven and eight. All right, so that leaves us even more amazing, uh, believe it or not. Uh, when everything is said and done uh, over the course of the uh, the week, it was uh, oh no, we did add them up eight, eight, nine, and four. Yeah, uh, seven, eight, thirty-seven up and forty-eight down. So not great. Uh, you know, I, I thought it would be a little bit higher than that to tell you the truth. I really thought we had a nice little angle there. Worst defensive teams, best offensive players. So we're going to have to tweak it to like maybe the top two guys. You know, you, you, all four guys are not going to have hit their shots on toll. It just it doesn't happen. You think it would. You would think two, three shots on goal, no big deal, right? But nah, you'd be surprised. It's got to be an actual shot, shot on goal. It's got to be an actual save or goal. Otherwise, it doesn't count. So we're going to, you know, tweak it. Worst defensive team still, but we're just going to have to choose two guys. No more than two. Even if the two guys are tied, you just uh, you got to uh, pick your poison here because you're not going to get four guys or even three to hit the total. Never happens. All right, hour number one in the books. Full hour to go. Off to pick for the Sunday morning.